Welcome back, everybody. It's episode eight. <laughs> That's gonna <laughs> podcast time. That's our loudest intro I think we've ever had That's before. That's our most enthusiastic intro yeah. uh, to date, I believe. Oh, I got it. I it's, think it's the best one. It's because Ian's the only one here that's not dead inside. Uh, he's too young. He hasn't. When he, as <laughs> Ian's he also 18, doing college courses, though. Well, no, but as soon as he turns eighteen, the crushing weight of adulthood will shatter his spirit. Here's the thing: is welcome I to expect the worst inside. podcast. <laughs> I'm Caleb. I'm Josh. Uh, I'm Max, and I'm Ian. <laughs> we always just try to avoid that bit. <laughs> you can't keep skipping. Welcome to expect the worst. Because if they're real Episode fans, eight. they'll be able to tell. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, My mommy can tell. I'm sure she can. I have no idea if she can or not. I've never asked, and I think she's only listened to the first fake episode. So the hidden episode, nice. The hidden episode for, the, for those OG fans. <laughs> <laughs> they were here since day one. But yeah, welcome back, everybody. You hope you're doing well this week. Uh, hopefully yes. this episode sounds a whole lot better, uh, and if it doesn't, well then that's your fault, that's not our fault, we've never done Whoa. anything wrong. Wow. Wait, weird, we're weird. gonna get, <laughs> this episode, stance to take. this episode, we're gonna get hostile. <laughs> this, is, this episode, we're gonna be mean. I want you to like the video, right. do it! Alright, Caleb, you go first, be mean, be the meanest you can to them. Oh man, you listeners, you're a... Uh... You're wasting your time. You don't even know how to budget your time while listening to this stupid podcast. <laughs> Get him! Oh, no. Oh, he got him! All right, Ian, <laughs> give some heat. I love you, and Boo. I want to give you the support that Boo. your parents never did. God! Wow! All right, you're assuming Ooh. that parents failed. You suck and I hate you. Max, Max, give him the heat. Give him the, give him the fire. You listen. Uh, you're listening to this podcast because you know friend good, and we we surrogate friend because you sad boy boy, huh? Little little baby, <laughs> got him. Josh, Josh, it's your time to shine. <clears> hmm. <throat> <laughs> all right, we're gonna have to edit that part out for <laughs> so many reasons. Uh, all right, let's just move on from that. Welcome to expect the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Expect the heat. On this episode, Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb laughed at that, and I really appreciate it. Ian, who is Chris Bosch? Is he a football player? No. Nope. No. Is he a basketball player? Yeah. <laughs> what team I almost did he just said no. play for? We do this... Every week, it's yeah. always funny. If not to our viewers, the Chicago Bulls. Us. No, it, it's it, the name. I referenced the name, the Kansas City Heat. <laughs> yep, you're so close, but so wrong. Not geographically, yes. There you go. There it yes. is. The Miami Heat. The Miami yeah. Heat. Yeah. Well, Speaking of basketball. Kobe's been dead a year. Wow, okay, we're coming we're in hot. <laughs> we're coming in hot. We're bringing it down um, really quickly. I was I it, it doesn't in any way feel like a year. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It's because this year has gone by quicker than anything uh, ever before. Correct, and I, it's it's con- it's confusing. Um, I I'll say this: uh, I was just fighting the worst fever, worst flu I have ever had in my life last year. Was it COVID? I don't know. Was it not COVID? I don't know. But I do know that I was I was in the midst of fighting that flu when my dad texted me and he was like, hey, Kobe's dead. 
And in and then like it was this horrible fever dream because it was you know sometimes there are celebrities where it's like they can't die like there are some like George Clooney like George Clooney you look at him he's like he he's never gonna die like he's See, gonna be alive. I'm scared. See now I'm legitimately scared that you just murdered <laughs> George Clooney. I have that ability on people. If you remember from my job um, before, oh, I, yeah, I have that. Yeah. I'll tell that story in a second. But yeah, it's like Kobe's just one of those, or he was just one of those people where it's like, oh, you you can't die. He's like he's like Shaq, you know. It's like when's Shaq gonna die in three hundred years? The more names you drop, the scarier it gets. <laughs> You're naming a lot um, of very cool people right now. Well, do you want to tell your Do you want to tell your harbinger <laughs> of death story? Yeah, about? sure. Why not? Um, yeah, I'll I'll tell it as quick as I can. So a couple of years ago, I was working a job, and I won't say the name of the place, but it was a it was a kitchen at a medical center, and the the medical wing that I was working in was for people eighty five and older, and it was the end of life the end of life wing. So to give you indicate any indication of how fun it was, it was not because you were surrounded by people that were on their last legs, and I was giving them pureed ham. So. They were, in, they were in a pretty dark place. Dude, if I ever get to the point where someone's trying to force feed me pureed ham, pull the plug. I would just kill myself then. So I um, so I had been working there for a couple months. And, you know, the way that it works is um, at the beginning of the day, you're given a sheet. You're given, uh, excuse me, you're given three sheets of paper per person. And each person's sheet of paper is their breakfast, their lunch, and their dinner for the day. So they order it all in the morning. And so... I got up and I and I got there. I was there for a full day. I was there for three meals. And I said, you know, there are a lot of people around here that will memorize the person's preferences, will memorize their dietary restrictions, will memorize what they like, what they don't like, what they always like for dessert, what they hate for the dessert. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to be working here for a bit, I might as well memorize a couple people. And so I started, I I picked one person and I don't remember what that person's name is because spoiler alert, they're dead. So I picked that one person, and I was like, all right, fella, you're going to be my guy for the day. I'm going to remember everything about you, all your dietary stuff and whatever. By the end of the day, I'm going to have you down pat. So for breakfast, I studied. And then for lunch, I had a pretty good indication of what he liked and didn't like. By dinner, I didn't even have to look at the sheet. I was like, all right, he likes Splenda instead of sugar. He likes pureed instead of whole. He likes uh, chocolate milk instead of regular milk. It's like, I got him. Sent it all up. Got there the next day. Fellow was dead. Day one. Well, it's a coincidence. I mean, it's, <laughs> sure. it's purely it's purely, purely coincidental. A coincidence. There's there, no it's way. Just, it's just a weird little quirk of the universe. Right. Obviously. There's no way that it could happen again. So yeah. day two, I pick a different person. Same deal. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. By the end of dinner, I got it down. I know this person. Coming to work the next day, they're dead. It's like, okay. Okay. Now it's getting a little weird. Two now days it's a little, <laughs> little confusing, but again, I mean, it's not, it's not like a pattern yet, right? Like two things, yeah, is not a pattern. Not, not at all. So, person number two dies. I was like, all right, let me pick a third person. So, <laughs> breakfast time, I got them a little bit. By lunchtime, I got them down pretty well. After three days of doing this, I'm getting a little bit better at my memorization <laughs> techniques. Between lunch and dinner, we get an order downstairs, and they say, hey. We need uh, what was it called? It was called a um, a courtesy cart. That's exactly what it's called. What it is, yeah. So it was like we need um, a courtesy cart for room whatever whatever. And I was like, oh no, 
That's my guy's room. That's the person. Like it's like, and so a courtesy cart is basically we load up the cart with coffee and tea and water and juice and snacks and whatever um, to bring up to their room because all of their family is there because they are on the verge of death. And so I was like, all right, we got to bring up this courtesy cart. But so the whole time I'm bringing it up to their room of like, you know, these this family around this person's deathbed, I was like, I picked you. You're my person. I, I, I selected. I did this. I'm so sorry. So on my way, I delivered it. And then on my way back to um, back to the kitchen, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, whatever deal I just made, whatever selection process I just made, I, I quit it. I deleted it. This is no longer my person. Uh, I'm done. And then um, and then and so I left work that day and I came back in the morning and they made what was described to me as a miraculous recovery. So <laughs> you I was just like, went, okay, I something, <laughs> so something is up and I you, don't know what it was. You literally, some cosmic entity when I'm going to mess with this kid's head. He's, yep. do, he's doing this thing and I'm going to mess with this kid and they're going <laughs> to die. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to me because, like, I was told at that job, which <laughs> really disturbing, they said that um the deaths always come in threes at that job. Like, if one person dies within the next couple of days, two more people are going to yeah, die. It's, it's like sneezes. Yeah, basically, except it's people dying. And so I was the fool to say, well, two people are dead. Surely a third one won't die. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> so well, it didn't. In so, reality, you saved that man's life. Right, but it's You're funny. the reason it was that, in danger. What you're exactly. describing is basically if I grab Ian by the collar of his shirt and I push <laughs> him over the Grand Canyon, but I also catch him and I'm like, whoa, I saved your life. I'm <laughs> the one that Josh. risked him. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's, that's about um, the equivalent. <laughs> um, but it's funny because not only did I save that person's life, that rule of three was also broken because another no one died in that medical wing for like another month. So I I saved the whole cycle, and I'm pretty proud of myself. Uh, for for listeners at home, uh, to give you a little insight, right now Ian is taking the skin <laughs> beneath his chin and playing <laughs> with it. And I don't know how many of you have ever like um, prepared a whole chicken. But if you've ever taken the skin <laughs> off a chicken, that's legitimately what it looks like. And I'm concerned as to why there's so much elasticity in your skin. Like, why are you so stretchy? Because instead of muscle or fat, I was just given real stretchy skin. But that would imply that you were like a chubby kid. and then I wasn't. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, instead of ever having muscle or fat. They do, like, you no, have the skin capacity. You have the skin, skin capacity for it, but your body hasn't filled it out. Exactly. You're, it's like you're wearing your dad's skin. Suit. You know what would be hilarious and also terrifying and scary? What is if you know when like uh, like people on like my six hundred pound life or whatever like lose like a ton of weight? Yeah, but they'll still have like this. Yeah, a lot of the times skin. they'll get rhinoplasty to get it removed because yeah. that skin won't suck back in. What if what if it did, but then they could still like stretch it out? I mean, that'd to... be that'd be kind of tight, right? No, it What's wouldn't be tight. It? it would be loose. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, you got like, me there. Think about how terrifying that would be if so one day you're just like hanging out with a guy, you have no idea what his past life is, and he just is just like, and stretches out his skin three feet. Well, hear me out. Um, this is what this is what actually happens. So <laughs> they <laughs> they their fingers and hands obviously were bigger at one point, and then they lose the weight. And you go to dap this dude up, and you accidentally keep a hold of his hand a little too long, and it just... And and you walk away, and you're still dapping him up 15 minutes later. No, not not even that much, because that much gets comical. Just a couple inches. A couple inches is where I think the real horror element comes in. Oh, that would be... And that's enough to make you think about it for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. I I don't think that sight would ever leave you. No, no, it would not. I think you'd go insane. Yeah, I think that's you would. That's an SCP. That's a, that is an SCP. The stretch, the stretchy man. I I know Caleb had a couple of talking points for today's episode, but I'll open up the short and sweet talking points by saying, the past dozen times I've posted on Reddit, no one has responded, and why? As in, you haven't gotten any comments? Nope, not a single one. And you're I, asking us why? Well, well, first of I'm all, I'm just. <laughs> Reddit is a mysterious, unpredictable little landscape of yeah. nerds, weebs, and incels. Yeah. Um. So you can't expect consistency. But also, what were you posting, and in what subreddits that you? Yeah, got exactly. I was, that was going to be my. Question. I was posting from a, a a pretty diverse variety of subs with a pretty diverse pretty diverse variety of like questions and open ended discussions, and uh, I've just had no success. Like. Not a single comment, not a single, like, an upvote or whatever. Well, give us, give us an example. Like, I made a post on Reddit today about the Unabomber. <laughs> In what subreddit? There's your problem. <laughs> or no, slash animals was... I would die for. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, um, no, it was, it was this one video of Ted Kaczynski that I was I found like last summer and I was looking for it so I put it on like tip of my tongue or whatever. So I was like, here, internet, help me solve this mystery online and uh nah no one helped me with that. It's one. almost like other people haven't watched this niche video about the Unabomber that, that you've seen. Fun fact Yeah probably I am boast boast. I am banned from posting on R slash tip of my tongue. Are you really? Why? Yeah. Cause I used it once um, I think I was trying to find a YouTube video, except it wasn't about Ted Kaczynski. It was probably something comedic that I couldn't remember, or a song or something. And then I got a notification from one of like the automated mods. And it's like, hey, you're not interacting with the chat of this post enough. Because nobody was getting it right, and I didn't feel like going to every comment. No, that's not it. Not it either. I didn't feel like going through every comment to do that. And then... I, I ignored it, and I was like, cool, I'm not responding, they're not finding my video, end of conversation. And then I got one, like, two days later, and it's like, yeah, you didn't respond enough, you can never post here again. <laughs> That's very Is it, like, a me. permanent banner? That's what it said. I haven't tried, because I haven't needed the subreddit since. I actually That's did. I used, I used tip of my, uh, whatever the one is for specifically Ass. songs. I used uh, that one once, but obviously it's a different tip of, subreddit. Tip of, tip of my piano. There you go. <laughs> That um, is, but I haven't needed to yet. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I can That's, post there. I, I I like that quite a bit. That's kind of funny. All right, Caleb, hit us with some of your little discussion quick, points. Quick, quick facts. All right, um, I'll hit us with the one that Ian can be included in. I Good. Have That's found, ideal. Up to this point, 
the biggest problem with NC State that I have yet to discover. Okay. What you got? I live right next to a dining hall. I live next Correct. to Fountain Dining Hall. And um, on my meal plan, I have unlimited swipes. So anytime I want a meal, I can go in there, swipe, get a bunch of food, head out. And um, my roommates and I all decided we're going to get just to-go boxes because of Coronas. It's like, cool. It makes us all a little bit more comfortable. Don't eat in the dining halls. I also live, it's about 10 minutes by walking, 3 to 5 minutes by longboard from the student union in which they have a sushi place, a Mexican spot, a diner, a little bit of everything to go to. And um, I order on Grubhub there. It pays through my meal pass, my meal plan, and then I can just go and pick it up and bring it home. The diner place has been supplying all of my cheeseburger needs for the last, since I've lived here. Yeah. Grubhub refuses to put an order through if I include fries, tots, or a drink. So you can get a burger and that's it? I can get a burger and nothing else. Or I can order tots and nothing else, but it refuses to let me do both. And every single time I do that, I am in agony. (laughs) How weirdly specific. So, wait, can you put in two separate orders? But you'd have to pay, like, the service fee twice. Uh, there's no service fee because I'm doing pickups. Oh, okay. But um, without going into immense detail of a meal plan that no one cares about, I have meal credits and then dining dollars. Every so many hours, I get more meal credits. Okay. Um, so I use the one, and it's like meal credit for a burger. Sweet. But then the dining dollars last me the entire semester. So if I were to do it in two different orders, I'm already, I'm digging out of that pool every single time. Well, that, that sucks. That, that being said, a problem. Um, in our in our lost episode, episode seven, take one. I was about to bring that up. You were about to yep. bring up that we were talking about the st- uh, the statistics. Yes. Yeah, Caleb's burger. Ranch. I am. Um, the podcast hasn't heard about that because the recording was lost. I'm keeping track of every burger I eat. Because I eat so many burgers. And um, as of... It started a week ago today. I started keeping track. Um, From the dining hall, I have had three cheeseburgers. And then from the diner down at the student union, I have had three double cheeseburgers. So that is um, three, six... uh, Yeah, that's six, seven, eight, nine patties within seven days. Okay. Uh, Plus I've had... Just thinking of the things that are slowly killing me from the inside out, I've had uh, a burrito and a burrito bowl, and I think yeah. two, two or three meatball subs. And you do and a few chicken. times I've talked to you, you've been like, "Yeah, I'm having a meatball sub." So. Yeah, I, I am slowly killing myself with food. <laughs> Would you okay. say that you're being killed softly with his song? <laughs> with his with his song? So I've heard. But yeah, so I, I, every day I have to live with that. I mean, that's a. I I think I could live with that. I like I could live with the knowledge that I'm slowly murdering myself. Yeah. If it's I'm, if it's good times at the El Royale. I'm doing it in the completely opposite direction, in which I'm eat, I'm you know rocking maybe a meal a day for the past like week or so. I'm eating like one meal, so that's going that's, great. That's the problem. I'm usually eating. I've never had more than two meals at school at, in the same day. Yeah. But it's it alternates pretty much between one and two meals, so so that's like all I'm eating. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's well. It's, it's a little concerning. A it's a percentage it's a con- game. <laughs> I've also been doing like single meal days. Yeah. We're like all, I ate we're all before broke college students. I ate before we recorded this because, like, I was telling you guys, I was driving home from work and I was like, 
what am I eating? And I was like, I had a muffin this morning. And that <laughs> and, was it. And that's and it. And I was like, oh, that's not that's not good. Yeah, that's that's a little I rough. I think I'm going to get some muffins on the way home. Dude, I love muffins. Muffins, <laughs> muffins are good. Like muffins that. are an underrated, underrated food. Best kind of muffin? Go. Uh, best or like personal preference? Your personal preference. I don't care about okay. the best one in your idea of what factual is. Yeah, yeah. I have I have two favorite muffins, and I try and I normally swap between them because they're always available. My go-to tends to be a lemon poppy seed. I really okay. like me a lemon poppy seed muffin. What are you a and heroin then, addict? Yeah, uh, if you've seen the episode of Seinfeld where Elaine tests positive for opium usage because <laughs> of eating a lemon poppy seed muffin, that's what I think about every time. And then good old chocolate chip. Yeah, I one of I, those. Is the same that I agree with chocolate chip, just a classic chocolate chip, so good. But I I like to go with a lemon blueberry, or just like a plain blueberry. See, lemon blueberry isn't super available often. Blueberry is though, and blueberry muffins are good. Josh, I want a muffin that uh, just. <laughs> Josh is ordering right now. He's like, oh uh, yeah, I'll take a blueberry muffin. Look, I just look. I'm gonna keep it real with you guys. Muffins. Do that's my. Like muffins? That's my vice. No, I can't stop eating muffins. So I, I want to. I want a muffin that can keep up with my fast pace, no regrets lifestyle. Meaning, is it I, brand? I want a muffin <laughs> that nut. just won't. I want a muffin that just won't quit. I want to take a bite out of a muffin. I want to look away at the sun, and I want to look back at the muffin, and there's that bite back. I want a never-ending muffin. Josh takes a bite of a muffin and then stares into the sun. (laughs) Josh wants Schrodinger's muffin. I want Schrodinger's muffin. If he's not actively perceiving it, it is both eaten and uneaten. Josh, just make a cake out of muffins. No, no. I want a muffin. I want the size, like a regular-sized muffin. I want it to be blueberry, and I want it to be infinite. I want an infinity muffin. Okay, so Josh's answer is blueberry. No, you did. It's I blueberry. I said blueberry. That's oh, all I want. Caleb, it was an Caleb, what you got? Blueberry muffin? I want blueberry infinity. You know what I really like, though? <laughs> Name for this episode, blueberry those, like, infinity. Uh, <laughs> blueberry infinity. Those, like, crumbly things. Yeah, man. Yo, you know, yeah. I don't know what it is. They're just, like, little... They're literally, I think, just, like, toasted bits of, like... It could be anything like graham Nothing. cracker, like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, you, yeah, it could be anything like that. Yeah, I want that to be infinite too. But Thank I, you very much. I love when when that is a feature of my muffins. <laughs> cool. <laughs> my muffin Caleb. gets an update. <laughs> yeah, Caleb, no, I, I I share an exact same answer with you, Max. Either chocolate chip or uh, lemon. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, but what law of physics do you want to break with your muffin? Um, my lemon poppy seed muffins <laughs> would have actual opium. <laughs> like it would uh, actually there, there instead it of is, being yeah. trace amounts. Yeah. I just read this. Like distilled. I read this news article yesterday where a guy got arrested. Um, he owns a noodle shop and he was putting opium into his noodles so that the customers would get addicted. I was like. That's, that's so that's smart. Awesome. Like that's so smart. What, what are you cracking on on this man also for? Incredibly he's, illegal. No, yeah, he's just trying to build illegal. a business. He got arrested. We established that. But like to put like trace amounts of like nicotine or something, something what? you don't Come taste, on, man. Why not? Chemically, chemically would make you go. What do you want for dinner tonight? Noodles. Like yep. that's smart. Exactly. What, what are your guys' experiences <laughs> with ramen? With ramen? What? Yeah, like that's a good dumb ramen. question. What do you mean by that? <laughs> like Wait, good ramen. Not, I didn't are you just asking what the best ramen I've ever had is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what are your experiences with ramen? 
There's a... Uh, okay, so the best ramen I've ever had, and I'm legitimately going to look up the restaurant because I know we have some people in the vaguely in the area, and if you are, you should totally check it out. It's this place called Ganshan West. It's um in Asheville. It's like an Asian... I don't think it's Asian fusion. I think it's like just an Asian restaurant. They have a tonkatsu ramen, so it's legit like ramen and then legitimate pork belly. Mm. And I'd never had like I'd never had ramen that had like the actual slices of pork belly. It was incredible. Yeah. And everything at that restaurant is awesome. It's very good. But the ramen there is phenomenal. That's the best ramen I've ever had. The best ramen I ever had was in Charlotte and we went to this I think it was a Japanese place. It was me and three of my brothers, and we each got a bowl of ramen that was like a foot across, and then also a plate of sushi each. That's how you know it's good. If the ramen bowl is, like, huge, it's probably going to be good ramen. Yeah, right. And then we ate right. it all. It was so good, and I want it right now, but I can't because it's in Charlotte. <laughs> Ian, I'll I'll understand if you just got to leave right now and make the drive over to Charlotte. Yeah, sorry, so, I, I got to Charlotte. Ian, was that <laughs> the before look in your after eye. Tuck Fest? That was before. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know if it was yeah. on the same trip. It was, yeah. yeah. It was before. What about you two? Uh, uh, I, some... I plead the fifth, man. I got nothing. Have you never had non-packaged ramen? No, I've had like legit ramen before, but honestly... Not your thing? W- w- we, we hit the mountaintop with the muffin thing, so now everything, all other food <laughs> conversation just feels <laughs> inferior to me. You uh, reached your food. Mecca I don't. I don't know. Like, I think. I think when Katie and I were in Manhattan, we had we went to a ramen. No, that's not true. No, we tried to get ramen and we just ran out of time. I can't remember. I can't remember the best ramen I've ever had. I don't think it exists. <laughs> what <Okay. laughs> ramen as a whole? Cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I threw that in. The best ramen does not exist. Caleb, what you got? Dang. Oh, before I answer that, that's a concept right there. That somewhere in the world. Is a dude in a kitchen making the world's best bowl of ramen? Oh yeah! Like some establishment sells it, like the best ramen yeah. in the world. Yeah, my guess is that it's like some street. We need to hunt him down. It's all. I I would. I wholeheartedly agree. I I guarantee you, it's just going to be. It might. It legitimately might not even be a restaurant. I. It could absolutely just. It be could be a dude some, with a home recipe. Yeah. Yeah, or it could be some lady in Japan. Who has this recipe for how she makes ramen, and it just so happens to be the quantifiably best ramen in the world? Yeah, I think we need to change to a travel documentation podcast, dude. Um, you guys just want to do basically like... we're just face jam, and then we just yeah. need to slowly hunt down the best ramen. I you guys want to I go was to gonna, Japan yeah. and just stay there till we find the best ramen? Yeah, I was gonna name. I was gonna reference Anthony Bourdain. A man I love very much, and his shows very much, and I think that's what we should do. Yeah, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Caleb, okay, so what's the best ramen you've ever had? I have very limited experience with legit ramen, because usually if somewhere mm-hmm. sells like actual ramen that isn't like instant noodles, they also sell pho, and I love pho. Pho right. slash. Although that's more of a Vietnamese thing, but pho usually one will yeah. offer the other for some reason. Exactly. Um, but probably off the top of my head, uh, there's that spot in Asheville where there used to be White Duck Tacos right next to the Good Vibes uh, Water Tower. And oh, then yeah. And it turned to a chicken place. And then it turned to a noodle shop. And they yeah. had ramen. And uh, I ordered it with pork belly and a whole egg in there. And it was so yeah. good. I'm a That's sucker for like, pork belly. 
That's like legit tonkatsu ramen. Dude, if you get that pork belly and it's like, oh, it's so, it's like, it. But the consistency is so weird when you think that it's meat. Yeah. But then it tastes so good. Always does. But here's the, uh, the real question for authenticity. Is the noodle shop run by a goose and his panda son? Yeah, always. Uh, the noodle shop closed. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because the panda son had to the go pa- Yeah, the did the panda son have to go and yeah, train his little, little kung fu panda reference for you? Oh, just, that's what it was. Thanks for really wait, hammering whoa, the nail in you were talking. You were talking about kung fu panda? <laughs> the third movie did so poorly in the box office, they had to shut down the noodle shop in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Due to Ian over-explaining his joke, I'd like to completely non-sequitur us over into an Ian punishment category. It's yeah. sports. <laughs> sports okay. time. I feel like we need like an alarm. It's like, yeah, sports yeah, time. We, Ian's not going to talk anymore. Sports time, sports time, sports time. All right, what you got? As of within the last 24 hours on Twitter, Jake Paul announced who I was knew- fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Jake Paul is going to have a boxing match against Ben Askren. Now, uh, who is a well, retired... I, I got you. You don't know. I okay. know so much about Ben Askren. Do you know I, so I'm much? I'm a big fan of Ben Askren, actually. Are you really? I'm excited for this, though. Ben Askren, Josh, if you don't recognize the name, or he any of our one... listeners, Google Jorge Masvidal Fast Knockout. Yeah, he yeah. got merged. Ben Askren yeah. merged lost by in Masvidal. an MMA fight in, I think they knocked it down to, like, what, seven seconds they called that fight? Something like that. Oh, Something it like was, that. Yeah. it's so fast. It's under 10, like, comfortably. So so Jake Paul, in his, uh, in his pursuit to stay relevant and enter the boxing world, has taken the criticism, you've never fought an actual fighter, and just barely scraped by on the parameters of an actual fighter. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Ben Askren is now going to box. <laughs> He is an MMA fighter, not a boxer. He Correct. is retired. He, he no longer fights. He is a grappler. He's not known Correct. for a stand-up game. He's known for wrestling. Every single fight he's ever been in, except for the one against Jorge Masvidal, he has had a takedown in every single round. He is an incredible wrestler, and that's all he's good at. He, hey, can I ask November, you... In November, he had a hip replacement surgery due to crippling back pain. And now Jake Paul's going to say it's the fight of his life because he can beat up a washed-up wrestler with hip and back issues in a boxing match. I know this isn't going to happen, but it would be so funny to me if Jake Paul lost. Yeah. Oh, it can no, go I, 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 like, like, imagine that. If Jake no. Paul's like, okay, I found this guy, he's not a boxer, I can probably beat him, but he's still a fighter, so that'll qualify me. And then he's still lost. There is 100% you... a chance he loses. He's yeah. You've watched Jake Paul fight. He's a bad fighter. Like, ben he Askren doesn't look is actually, he yeah, yeah. And uh, Ben Askren actually addressed this. He was on, um, again, Max, you and I are getting into things that the average listener doesn't care about. There's a guy, yeah. Ariel Helwani. Who does yeah. who does an MMA podcast? I hate Ariel Hawani, but he usually lets out a lot of good information. He he asked Ben Askren, "Do you think you were the target of this challenge because you're an easy target?" And he went, "Yeah, I think it, that's exactly why he did it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy he's out of out of his prime. He's retired. 
This is not his field of expertise. And you know that Jake Paul made that selection. He made that out that offer for that reason. Yeah. You know, in the back of his mind and in his manager's mind, they're like, look, we got to get you a real guy, but we got to find the easiest pick and target that you yeah. can possibly get. It's like, that's why he's not reaching out to a, a fighter who's actually, you know, known for his, like, um, for more airing on the side of boxing, you know he's not picking a fighter. Dylan Dennis. Um, he challenged. Dylan Dennis. That's what I was Jake, about to say. Jake Paul I was about Dennis. to bring that Dennis up. Dennis was like, "Yeah, I'll fight you," and then he never addressed it again. Yeah, yeah I'm basically. on Dylan Dennis's Instagram because if you look like at the breaking news thing on Sports Center's Instagram and all this stuff, Dylan Dennis is in every single comment section. Yeah, he wants to fight. Just, he's the he guy who to helps fight him Connor strike. So bad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He trains with Connor every time. Like which, every fight Connor which has. Maybe he's actually not that good with what we just saw to Connor. Connor right. put up a great Connor put up a good fight. Rest in peace, yeah. Connor McGregor. That was hard to watch. Rest that in peace, cool. Connor Big Daddy McGregor. <laughs> I think his middle name's Ewan. Connor Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Connor um, you and McGregor. I wanna I wanna deviate. To Poirier, let's not let's not give him right. Yeah, Dustin no, Poirier no. had a hell of a fight. He, he put up a good he put up a good fight. Absolutely, and he just he definitely deserved that win. I want to deviate a little bit, um, and then we'll probably deviate from what I'm talking about, just so that we're not talking about fighting for the whole time. But um, the reason why this is relevant is because the night of the McGregor fight, I was watching these movies, and um, <laughs> I re I did a um, an Ari Aster double feature. With I'd a, quickly like to point out that makes like I get what you're saying. That makes the this topic relevant only to you. Okay, um, but a, but also please continue. That's okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll pop out really quickly then. Um, I was talking to um to my friend Alex. Um, and we were like, you've never seen Hereditary and you've never seen Midsummer. Let's watch both of them in a night. And he's like, all right, cool. And so, um, him and his girlfriend Sabrina, we all we all sit down and we watch Hereditary. Um, after that movie is over, she immediately leaves because I don't think watching Hereditary did it for her so she wanted to so she dipped out um and hey, so quick question about sabrina is she a teenage witch no ignore it, not ignore by any it. Means. keep on trucking keep on trucking <laughs> not by any means um so which which was probably a good call because i don't know if caleb max or ian have seen midsummer so but, okay yeah i was about to ask so she left post hereditary pre-midsummer that's correct that's correct okay. which is probably for the best because max have you seen midsummer i have Okay, so for a lot of uh, a lot of reasons, uh, watching Midsummer with someone that I'm not as close to as Alex would have made me very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and in a couple of particular scenes, so I felt a little bit better just chilling with Alex and watching <laughs> yeah. this um, because, especially uh, with him and his girlfriend that you don't know that well. Right, exactly. So. Uh, also, to contextualize it a little bit more, the first time I watched Midsummer was with Ethan. Uh, and we were the Did only, you really? we were the only people in the entire movie theater and we were sitting right next to each other. And then when that scene came up in the movie, uh, I was like, Ethan, I do not want to look at you right now because I don't want to make this weird. Um, that's, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not <laughs> super, I'm not super into that. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be real. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was a fun time though. But, uh, then he introduced me to Icelandic bottled water, but that's besides the point. <laughs> So anyway, I watched Midsummer with Alex, and when you're in the right kind of mood, Midsummer is hilarious to watch. It's not 
dark and disturbing and creepy or whatever, it can be legitimately a hilarious movie. And if you're wanting to watch it, uh, I recommend watching it with someone that you're very close to, someone you don't mind uh, being a little the, bit uncomfortable the with. The scene you're referring to is the is the one with Christian, correct? Oh, yes. Yes. And The ritual, and, yeah. Yep. And, and what's her name? Is it Maya or Mod? M-A-J-A. I M-A-J-A. Know. So Maya, yeah. it's pronounced Maya, but yes. Yeah. Yes, you're, we're both thinking of the exact same scene. Yeah, it's, so like, it's that one. So even when that scene came up, I, Alex and I were just like having a fun time and just, you know, so that was that was a nice thing. But uh, yeah, I, I will say, though, that upon, I think this is the third time I've watched the movie, it's much better than Hereditary. Like I went, I went and checked my letterbox, and that is I saw not that Heredi- a hard hurdle to jump. Honestly, I I know, I understand that. So I had previously made Hereditary a five star and Midsummer a four star, and after watching both of them in succession, I flipped it because I knew that that was the more accurate review. Midsummer is a five star movie, and Hereditary is not. No comment. Yeah, I fell asleep through one, and I never saw the other. Hereditary yeah. is bad. Midsummer is a decent movie. Yeah, I loved Midsummer. I thought, I thought it was really good. It's it cool. A, it's definitely cool. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's not totally. It's not really my type of movie. At the end of the day, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But I did. <laughs> we were watching the movie, and when it was over, Alex is like, "All right, the next movie we watch has to be a comedy because watching Hereditary, you're, following, you're doing the old, uh, you're doing the old Schindler's List Mulan move." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out As to we Sonya. Call the old Sonya move. <laughs> yeah, the old Sonya. Uh, for those of you who don't get that, um, Josh Kittle and I That's all a have very the same... specific subset of people. Yeah, who yeah, get that. yeah. Exactly. Um, we all had the same AP World History teacher in high school, and at the end of the semester, post exam, we would watch movies. And what she would do is, in Caleb and I's case, we watched um, Schindler's List, which is incredibly moving. And a difficult movie to watch. And immediately afterwards went straight into Mulan. Just to light uh, the mood. Yeah. And Josh, what was your what movie did you watch immediately after? Um, we watched The Boy in the Striped Pajamas and then Hercules. That's and what it we, was. And then we watched Schindler's List, followed by Anastasia. Yeah. So she did go. it she did it to us twice. She yeah. she th- put us through the ringer two times. And it was very funny. Because um because right after um, Boy in the Striped Pajamas was Hercules, and so you know how Hercules starts is with a yeah. very energetic song and dance, Correct. and you know how Boy in the Striped Pajamas ends, and so Shower. the the credits hadn't even started, and <laughs> oh, she no. shut off the Boy she in the Striped Pajamas. <laughs> like the movie technically wasn't even over, and in the brief three seconds between. Boy in the Striped Pajamas and Hercules, you could just hear like twenty people sniffling and holding back <laughs> tears. And then, and then Hercules started. <laughs> I had a very similar experience with the one time I watched Boy in the Striped Pajamas, and this is a touchy area because I have strong opinions on that movie. But yeah. um, I watched it because it was when I was still homeschooled in uh, middle school, or uh, yeah, it was right at the beginning of middle school, sixth grade. And uh, I, was, I was just at that point in my history class, and my mom was like, you should watch The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. But I was also doing a co-op class once a week, and so I watched it, uh, but we mistimed when to start it, and we had to get to the co-op classes. So we watched The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, and it all leads up to the ending of which we're both referring to. Yeah. And then it ends with a long, slow pan from yeah. from where it happens just to 
to greenery. Yeah. The slow yeah. pan doesn't even stop. And she hits the button. My mom hits the button on the TV. And she's like, cool, we gotta go. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Give me a minute. It's a process. <laughs> because whether you like the movie or not, what a jarring scene. And what a very jarring final shot of the movie yeah, that you need yeah. it to be that long in order to process what you just watched, what atrocities you just watched. And uh, that's very funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was very funny. I haven't seen it. Not the movie, but that moment. No, yeah, funny. the moment. Not not the movie. Movie's not funny. Don't, don't watch Boy in the Straight Pajamas expecting a comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good move. It's not some coming-of-age movie. So this morning... I went and I I test drove a vehicle. I Ooh. test drove a car. Nice. Are you, st- um, are you still on that Jeep? What? No. All right. This good. Was in I was going to say. I uh, I got up and I drove to the dealership and I test drove a Subaru. Nice. Nice. Um, Cross track. It was not as I did not test drive a Subaru Cross track. I really thought about it, but I test drove a Subaru Outback, which interestingly enough. Is the car I learned to drive on. Nice, nice. It was very nice, and I enjoyed it a lot. But what's interesting is... (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had to... I feel like I have to burp, but nothing happened. And then I completely involuntarily made that noise and didn't even really realize until you start to laugh at it. So what's interesting is... Have any of you guys ever tested a car before? Uh, Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, When you tested a car, was it... A dealer, or was it a private party? No, I just met up with these people in a Target parking lot. Okay, were they in the car with you when you drove it? Uh, no, no, it was just uh, it was just my dad and I. Okay, but when you, if you were to go to a car dealership and test drive a car, in your head, the dealer would be in the car with you, right? I would. Well, I would. I would assume so. Yeah, that's what you because see in the cinema. Yeah, in the cinema, uh, because she was not. She. Print. She copied my. Took a copy of my license and printed out a thing for me to sign, so that if I got pulled over, I wouldn't get in trouble for driving a car with a dealer plate on it. Right. Um. And then was like, "All right, have, <laughs> have fun. fun. <laughs> like, you can take it down the highway if you want. You can just drive around the like in the area a little bit." Did she specify when you were expected to be home? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Not at all. She was just kind of so like, I, we'll see you eventually. <laughs> so I got on the highway. I went down one exit, got off, and then I took um, not the highway back because I wanted to drive yeah. on the highway and off the highway. But in my head the whole time, I'm like, man, you really could just... And the thi- and the dealer plate is just on with magnets? Yeah, it's one of those like little things. So like, you take that off, you toss it. And then, like, I don't know exactly all of the processes you'd have to go to make that car clean. Well, she has a license. She, oh, she did have a copy of my license. It would be pretty off. Yeah, it would be pretty license, obvious. Though. I could. I would have to fake the entire of my. I. <laughs> it was either McLovin or Muhammad. Um, I would have to fake the entirety of my identity, uh, and my net gain would be a used Subaru Outback. Hell yeah. That sounds uh, worth it's that's worth it. I'm wondering what that's the most worth it. what's the most that's been done, like with a car that was on a test drive? Like has anybody like done Uber 
Or, like, they forgot they had to go pick up a kid from school. And they, <laughs> and they were grocery, like, hey, they do you grocery mind? grocery shopping because there was more trunk space. Yeah, they're like, hey, do you mind really quickly we just take a detour? <laughs> take a Jeep, take it out in bedding or something. Yeah, you just go, you're like, hey, I got to test yeah. it. No, but it was very nice, and I, I liked it a lot. And I've been, dude, buying a car is annoying. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It's an annoying process, and I'm not having a good time. You'd think I, it's like, oh, I'm getting a car. That's fun. No, <laughs> Ian, you have to switch hands. I um, Caleb, and, no, Ian, you got to go to the other side. No, for me, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> for me, this feels right. Max, I'm just, me. I'm just remembering that Hannibal Burris bit from a couple years ago where he was like, every time I rent a car, I'll go and get like rims on it and yeah. I'll bring it back. It's <laughs> like, well, He's you like, act. Now you owe me money. <laughs> Yeah, you owe me fifteen hundred bucks. No, so like today I've been like looking into like insurance, and then like I gotta, I gotta call. So because of my mother, because she worked for the public school system, uh, I have an account at the North Carolina State Employees Credit Union, mm-hmm. which is like a thing only if you are technically an employee of the state of North Carolina. So because my mom was, I I have an account there. And if you get a loan there, they have like, I, I, like way better interest rates. So I have to call there tomorrow, and it's a whole thing, and I'm not having a good time. And Caleb, I know you think I'm dumb because I have a car, but it's not my car. No, yeah, I understand. Correct. It. Yeah, correct. Not that I, I believe. Is it your mom or your dad's car? It is my mom's car, which makes it even more that I was. I don't think she's gonna be like. Like a bank that calls you on your loan. I don't think your mom's ever going to be like, I need the car now. <laughs> no, she's not. But the idea behind the Subaru, like, it, it's, a, it's a 2018. It has 50,000 miles. So it's in fantastic shape. The idea is get it now and see if, we can get, if I can get 10, 15 years out of it. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, a, this is a car for the future. That um, makes sense. So it's vibing. Subaru. The car for the future, um, dude. Okay, <laughs> staying on the car thing, but ch- shifting gears. <laughs> uh, I've been <laughs> I've been watching a bunch of Top Gear lately. Okay, um, but like the OG Top Gear, like the UK one, the and the second season because that's the first one that's on Amazon Prime. So we're talking two thousand three, right? And James May goes and drives this car. And I didn't know that such a thing ever existed. So what it is, it's insane. It doesn't take gas and you don't charge it. It's a hydrogen battery that produces an insane amount of electricity to run the car. And then there's no pedals. You just have a steering wheel and it's connected via computer to the rest of the car. There's no mirrors. For your back mirror, you have a camera, and for your side mirrors, you have two little cameras in the corners on little screens. And, like, it's crazy, because he gets in on the on the right side, because obviously it's in the UK, but the steering wheel is on the left side, and then it just goes, and it comes over in front of him. What? Yeah. And, like, he just, it's literally, like, if he goes like this, like, he turns his hands inward when holding the steering wheel, it goes forward. The opposite okay. goes backwards. And he was like, I'm focusing so hard because, like, this is obviously super counterintuitive. But in my head, I'm like, what What happened to this? Like, what happened to that this idea? Because it was to the extent where, like, 
you undo bolts and the entire chassis of the car, the body of the car, will just lift up. And you're just left with the floor of it and the mechanics underneath that and the wheels. So the idea is you could have, you could go to your dealer and go, hey, I want an SUV. And they put that body and just drop it on top. Or you go, I want a pickup truck. And they drop it on top. What happened? Why is that's, this not every car? That sounds like... My guess this, is uh, that it's ridiculous. really hard to produce that much hydrogen to power that. Maybe. Maybe, but you would Who think... Who made like, that car, did he say? Uh, I'm looking it up right it now. it sounds like it was made by Lucius Fox. Like, that doesn't <laughs> sound like anything that someone that isn't Batman should be driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you... Like, I... I'm not a car guy, but I've never even heard of this before. Like, this no, is a, exactly. This is I had completely foreign. I had no idea this was a thing, even a little bit. Okay, um, if I look at the episodes, here it was. It was the GM Highwire. Okay. So the Highwire, which stand, it's spelled H Y dash Wire. So it's oh, hydrogen hydrogen drive by wire. It was produced in 2002. The car runs on hydrogen fuel cells and uses a drive-by wire system meaning the car is controlled electronically um in 2003 general motors stated it was confident it could produce a commercially viable model by 2010 well that didn't work it's 2021 Where it? <laughs> uh <laughs> Where? i can't find it it's actually so confused like it's insane um, but he said in the thing that like the cost of it at that time and whenever in 2002 was, it was like a 5 million pound car. Oh, okay. There's so, your problem. You can't so exactly. what yeah. happened to the GM? Okay. If there, I'm literally, literally reading an article called What Happened to Is the GM. Is it by Eagle Ridge GM? Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they invested like 2.5 billion dollars into this wow. and they're still they're still working on it it's not just like really scrapped, but it's they don't really have the infrastructure for getting the hydrogen to power it and so that makes it a lot more expensive and they just need to make it more cost efficient to produce them interesting granted this was also in 2017 <laughs> so i don't know what uh, advancements they've made uh, in the last four years, past three yeah. years or four right. years now. So what it sounds like in this same article is that like the guys at GM went to went to Exxon and were like, "Hey, do you want to get in on this for these like hydrogen supply stations?" And Exxon, because at the time oil was doing great, so Exxon no, was like, "Still is. What are no. you talking about?" <laughs> Just so you know, Max, you're reading articles about fancy cars that barely exist to, <laughs> yeah. to a call full of people that don't care about cars to an audience full of people that don't care about cars. <laughs> Listen, bud. Here's, here's that. something that you might care about, Caleb. Did you see that they released like the first big update for Cyberpunk? Yes, I did see that. I saw it on Twitter. What it, What does it entail? What it, is it just fixes? They just or? fixed a bunch of different okay. stuff. I uh, tried so to set up my Xbox it. for the first time today on campus. And I ran into a huge issue. Um, I basically was, I checked the uh, school's website and it's like, use this Wi-Fi for your phone and for your, whatever you use to work. And yeah. then for gaming console, voice crack, for gaming consoles and anything minor like that, use uh, this other stuff. And I was like, cool, yeah. I'll use the network they want me to use. 
And so on my Xbox, I was like, cool, connect to this network. And it went, you need to authenticate. And I was like, cool. I had to do that on my phone, too. And so I can see at the top of the screen, it's trying to bring me to a website. But then the entirety of the frame just goes white and blank. And I can still move the cursor around with the remote. But it's just white and blank. Hmm. And then I looked it up, and nobody on the internet has had the same problem as me ever. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I don't. I mean, know. My... have you have you asked? Do you know anyone else on campus who has a console? Yes, uh, one of my roommates, but I haven't. And he was like, I haven't nah. seen him today, oh. so I haven't. Okay, so yeah. I Maybe I just gone. connected it to my phone on. Uh, oh, on like the yeah, so that I could yeah, run yeah, an update yeah. on something. If if my school can afford to have a like an entire IT department that specializes in people going into your dorm room and fixing these issues, I'm sure that your school has it. No, I think uh, it's an Xbox almost. thing. It's not a Wi-Fi thing. Okay. Yeah, but NC State is like the engineering school. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure if North your Carolina, school has anything tech-based, not... we have it as well. Exactly. Probably better. Exactly. I want to deviate um, oh, back to back to car stuff for just a moment because I've never shared with you guys this television show. Now, okay. keep in mind, this show lasted for 11 seasons. This cool. wasn't okay. this wasn't some one-off show. This was eleven seasons. Okay, and we're back into it. We had a, a little bit of a technical issue, but Craig I, left. Craig left, and Craig's back in. He's our fifth host that Say never hi speaks to Craig, a single everybody. word. Hey, Craig. <laughs> Craig is our. Uh, Craig is our. Wait, wait, editor. Ian, Ian, give Craig a time to say hello. Ah, he's a man of few words. <laughs> Imagine if we met you. Hi, everybody. I'm Craig. It's just an extra voice all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right, I want to talk about this show. It lasted for 11 seasons. This is from 2007. Fear I was factor. doing I was doing this school project and um the the topic in question that I chose was I wanted to talk about how much I hated uh like reality TV shows and game shows and like these contest shows, but I wanted to have some kind of academic side to it. So I was talking about like how it affects our mental state, how it affects just our attention span, whatever, whatever, whatever. That sounds but, like something you'd write about. Oh yeah, Take and I, I did pretty. I really enjoyed that. It was a, it was a good project, but I did find this show in the process of looking for quote like the worst reality shows ever. Like I found a show in the '90s where the entire object of the show was just to make their contestants throw up cool. as quickly as possible. So like it was like that's all the these, most '90s show I've ever heard. By the way, I think it was called like upchuck or something it was like kind of i guarantee you it was called something like it was a gross title i don't know what it was but it was basically just these four dudes and they're like yeah i drink this i eat this i do this it's like i never throw up and it's like these four guys and so they had to like eat a pound of meat and then swim 20 laps and then eat like a pound of butter and then (laughs) run laps or whatever and then just whoever survive the longest without throwing up one it's so stupid um but the one that the other one that i found was called if if you've heard of it let me know it's called operation repo have any of you heard of operation Repo? i can't say i have have but i'm intrigued all right operation repo is the most demeaning thing i've ever seen in my life these guys they're in they're in uh communication with actual legitimate repo men who go in and repossess your car because you're a failure at life, supposedly, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to say that we was... don't mean to demean anyone that's had their car no, repossessed. No, yeah, if no, your car's no, financial no, situations get sticky. 
I do not mean that at all. If you get your car repossessed, I'm sorry. It's totally normal. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you're not a waste of life. Um, so Operation Repo is these guys and these is like these big burly biker dudes. They're in uh, communication with actual repo men and they take their spot. So they're given a house number. They're given a name. They're given a photograph. That feels illegal. They go to the house with a tow truck to repossess the car. They bang on the door and they say, you know, like, you know, come out. We got to repossess your car. The guy or the girl that their car's getting repossessed, they come out. Obviously, they're in hysterics because, oh, no, my car is going to get towed. And now I have no transportation. So, you know, I'm I'm in a, an emotional mess. But the the host of the show is like, we're going to repossess your car. You're never going to see this car again. The only way that you can get your car back is if you answer these three trivia questions correctly. <laughs> and so basically, the whole show is like, is like but the prize is your car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, the, you know, it's it's varying types of questions, varying subjects, varying levels of difficulty. Like they start with something easy, like, you know, who wrote the Bible? Jesus. All right. <laughs> Question <laughs> one. Done. Um, and then, you know, then at the end, it's like these complex math equations or whatever. But if you answer all three correctly, you get to keep that car. And if not, they just straight up repossess your car. And then I they wanna... get the, they get the footage of like the person sobbing and like, oh you know, gosh. having a break. It's like, this is the most demeaning thing I've ever seen. Is just, so wanna... But here's it is. the thing. Is the the nineties and early two thousands had so many great shows like that that they used up all the ideas and now we just get shows like that stupid show that's on now. It's like I can guess that song in three notes. Exactly. Exactly. We're before running out we, of ideas. It's like we, why why don't I think we get a show? Shows peaked <laughs> at Silent Library. That Correct. was the peak of humanity. <laughs> Correct. TV. Yes, you're absolutely before we right. Move off, uh, before we move off. Um, what what was it called? Operation Repo. Operation Repo. Operation Mindcrime. I wanna That's I wanna shout out a member of that cast. Her name is Sonia Pizarro. Uh, shout out Sonia for having uh reliably the worst eyebrows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh good lord! No. And they just and they're they they're different in different pictures. But they're always no, that's bad. A different that's, same lady. that's a different lady. <laughs> that's the same lady. <laughs> No, for listeners at home, these are please all take the a look at these lady. photos. Please. Just Google Sonia Pizarro or like Sonia Operation Repo and yes. you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> the lady makes fashion choices and she sticks to them. Does she have an um, Instagram? I I I wanna I I wanna continue on with Max this subject just for another digits. second. I uh so in the middle of making that project, you know, I was looking at all these different game shows and you know, I was especially looking for ones that, like Caleb said, were exploitative and demeaning and just, you know, really exploit the people that are on the show. And so I found this one and it was it was an American show from the 50s. It was all in black and white. And the name of the show was called Queen for a Day. And they they take these poor, impoverished, decrepit women who are, you know, at the end of their rope, have no money to put food on the table. They have nothing. And then they dress them up in a dress and they put them on a throne and they basically like worship her for an episode. And then they're like, all right, we'll see, we'll see you later. Like they didn't get, 
They didn't get a prize. They they're didn't dressed get... like they're dressed like French maids more than anything. yeah. It wasn't like royalty. It was just like oh, we got this costume in the back for you know whatever show comes on next. It's it was it was rough watching that one because that one wasn't as like in your face and like exploitative as Operation Repo. But to me, it was sadder because it was like here let's take this horribly decrepit woman this impoverished woman wait i want to i want to okay i just read like how this show worked on wikipedia and i don't like you don't i didn't realize how horrible this is oh yeah yeah so he brings out contestants uh this was hosted by jack bailey who is pretty famous i think for hosting like daytime tv game shows right shout out Um, jack bailey if you're listening oh he's very dead that doesn't mean he's not listening (laughs) Um, so, <laughs> okay, apparently here at Expect the Worst, we officially believe in spirits and ghosts and that Don't they listen to the podcasts. Well, so well, Ian each said can, you can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts, and I would assume and that includes, that includes an other astral planes. The spirit realm. <laughs> okay, so each contestant was asked to talk about the recent financial and emotional hard time she had been through. Then he would ask them what they needed most. Often the request was for medical care or therapeutic equipment to help a chronically ill child. Many women broke down sobbing as they described their plights. The next sentence after this. The winning contestant was selected by the audience using an applause meter. (laughs) Like a school talent show. Exactly. The lady who got to be queen for the day was selected by the audience cheering the most at her sob story. Yep. The prizes, and she would get prizes. Okay. So you would get, the, the she would get the help she had requested, and then she might get, like, a vacation, silver-plated flatware, kitchen appliances, clothes, and then the losing contestants were given smaller <laughs> prizes. So imagine being <laughs> please, one of these women. Please, my child has lupus. Here, take a fork. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being one of these women who doesn't win. You, it's it's night. It's the 1950s. You go on TV and you air this horrible grievance that you're undergoing, which doesn't feel like a thing that was done to in my head at the time. Yeah, and then you don't win. But now everyone knows. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everyone in your life pities you. This was back when they were like sorry for you. This was back when there were maybe three TV shows playing ever. And so if you <laughs> it were, was, it was if this, you were, I love Lucy and like the news and the news. And so anyone in your neighborhood that was tuned in was like, oh, they're going through that. Now I will never forget this ever. Oh, man, that's so much worse than I remember. I remember I did a deep dive on it, but I couldn't remember it's, all the details. It's, it's rough. Yeah, that's not Also, great. I I did just look up the name of that uh, that reality show about throwing up. It's called Hurl, which that's fitting. That's pretty fitting. Hurl. I, I honestly think what Upcheck a would be a, a show. better name. Hurl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. It was all. on G4, so it was not on MTV. But G4 is kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. Thinking back, um, Ian, do you yes. know what Silent Library is? I, I've i heard the name. I don't know specifics. Yeah, because I was also thinking a lot of people listening to this probably don't know Silent Library. Silent Library was the best. It was great. Basically, was it? Oh, were, oh, weren't they like in a library and they had to play hide and seek or something? No. Sometimes. Didn't they? That, that no, might have been no, a thing that's something once. else. 
Basically. They, they may have done it once. Basically, they had to be in a library and they would have to do weird and wacky stuff. And if they, uh, if they stayed silent, uh, well, okay, so there'd be six people, I think, and then one of them would have to do, like, weird and wacky stuff, and then if the rest of them stayed silent, they'd get money. Right. Yeah. It was basically try not to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, but and there like, was also, there was, like, a pain element, like, sometimes you yeah. get, like, a slingshot shot at your forehead point blank or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or and I think, or like, something. a lot... A lot of the contestants were also celebrities, like internet celebrities, right? I think I think it didn't start that way, and then it became that way. Like Ryan Higa did yeah. it. Um, I know it was after it, like after Silent Library wasn't a thing anymore. But Jimmy Fallon and the Roots did it. Um, oh, okay. it was I think only this one with a bunch of WWE two... stars from back, like but oh, like our childhood WWE stars, like John. Cena it was, was only there. a thing from 2009 to 2011, but there were four seasons in that time. Okay, that so they doubled like up. A... Pretty much yeah, they, well, or they, they doubled one up one shows. of the years. Yeah, yeah, they had an episode for WWE superstars: Jersey Shore, Jimmy yep. Fallon and the Roots, Judah Friedlander, who is from Thirty Rock. It was that weird era of tell. Like in in my head, Silent Library is is like the continuation of the the brand of TV show that like Fear Factor was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I used to watch Fear Factor so much. I watched when it a I was little, a, but not that much. Because when I was a child, uh, it was just funny. It was yeah. it was literally just funny. You just got to watch people freak out. It was, I was watching people freak out and uh, girls in bikini tops. Like, that's all it was. Fear Factor was the best thing that ever happened to Joe Rogan's career. And I'll stand by that forever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a claim. They replaced him after a while. There. They didn't replace him, they but did. they stopped Fear Factor. They, and then they yeah. rebooted it. Wasn't they it like rebooted Luda Fear or something? Factor. It was definitely someone that shouldn't have Luda. been doing Fear Factor. It was it was either Luda or I think was it Diddy that did it? Um It was it or, was I would say it's Luda. I don't Luda. think it was Diddy. I'd be more I I would be shocked if it was Diddy. Luda, final answer. Yeah, it was Luda. Okay. Luda. That's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> for those not on a nickname basis, we are speaking of Ludacris. Luda. Ludacris of um of the roast of Justin Bieber fame. That is oh, yeah, what that's... most people would know him from, you're right. Joe Either Rogan that peaked... or the song he did with Justin Bieber. Yeah. Joe Rogan peaked on uh Fear Factor and Ludacris peaked on the A comedy uh, 2000... Central Roast. Yeah. With Jeff Ross. Let's Joe talk Rogan about Jeff Ross for a second. Jeff Fear Ross Factor for five years. Sorry, Jeff continue. Ross is one of the stupidest people in entertainment right now. Yeah, let's, he calls let's himself... start beef with Jeff Ross. Come at us, <laughs> Jeff Ross. <laughs> I'm calling you out, man. And I know Caleb agrees with me on this because we've spoken about this before. Jeff Ross, all he does on social media is he'll uh, he'll get DMs from people of like selfies or whatever, and say roast me, Jeff Ross, and he'll yeah. just give out the most generic. Not clever at all. Just be like it, it doesn't even have anything to do with the person. It's just like, oh, if that person's overweight, I got like five little overweight jokes to throw at them. Well, yeah, Jeff or, Ross, you know, to choose. Jeff Ross is seen widely as like the celebrity roast king. He a hundred percent. He's called the roast he master. Gave yeah. himself that nickname. Correct. And, and then everyone not, was like, he's okay, not a clever dude. Like he hosts the celebrity roast, and then he also did that thing for a while. Where, he would go and do interviews, but he would always like go into it being mean, and it's right. he's just not clever or funny. He'd be he'd be like, "All right, hey, uh, hey, Norm McDonald, 
inter- uh, stand-up comic legend and America's sweetheart. Uh, you're you're ugly. Oh, I'm the king of the oh, roses. Oh, you got oh, Ross. You think I'm bald? And you said something that might hit close to home. You're still ugly, and it's like cool. You're <laughs> not funny or clever or witty. Yeah, I and and then I just want to point out this is the man who for celebrity roasts. Celebrity roast started as hosted by Dean Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a man who was not only a very successful comedian, but very charming and like charismatic and just a fantastic host. And now we have Jeff Ross, right? And who, the I don't other know thing anyone is, like, who's like, oh, I like Jeff Ross. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny to me because not only that, he also tries. He bears this reputation of like, look, I take it to the edge. I am. <laughs> I say things that should would get anyone else canceled, but I'm still standing. Nothing that he says is over the edge. It's all no. like PG thirteen rated at most. He's the and tamest just, man. Yeah. It's just his context is off that makes him edgy. He'll right. just walk up to someone. I saw an interview, and I think it was, like, outside of a Hooters, and he was talking to a Hooters girl, and he called her over, and he's like, hey, hey, interview. Uh, people only care about you because of your body, and you have no personality. I hate you. Bah! And it's like, this girl did nothing to deserve that, and you're not clever. You're just an ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, we were just talking about this before the podcast episode, where I said that Kyrie Irving thinks he is what lakeith stanfield really is yes same thing with jeff ross jeff ross you just thinks he is that 99 percent of people are gonna hear and go huh because yeah exactly. exactly nothing to do with each other but yeah no I, continue. I don't even care i was um jeff ross thinks he is what jimmy carr actually is and and i'll stand by that forever i think jimmy carr if you look at like well right now who's the best person at just point blank range really quick-witted roasts. I think Jimmy Carr is one of the best, and I think that's what Jeff Ross thinks he does, but he absolutely does not. And then also, that it also goes into that field of, like, the edginess. Like, there are some comedians that their whole thing is just pushing the envelope to the yeah. point that it breaks every single time. Uh, um, Gets old. Who am I thinking of? Sorry. Anthony Jeselnik. Um, Anthony Jeselnik right now is at the top of the top in that field. Um Daniel Tosh is in that field too. Doug Stanhope is in that field too. There's these people where it's just like, look, yeah. let me say the grossest thing possible, yeah. and that's what's going to pull out laughs. But that gets old really quickly. Yeah. Jimmy Carr says things that absolutely push the envelope and sometimes go too far, but he's also hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's a, a hilarious think, comedian. Here's the thing. I, with Jimmy Carr, he's very, very good as in his hosting jobs. I think on a celebrity roast, he'd be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. His stand-up is not great. Because his he is, stand-up he is isn't a, the best, yeah. He is a he. His stand-up isn't composed entirely of one-liners. Yeah, and at, at the beginning, you're like, ha, 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 ah, mm-hmm. funny boy, and then yeah. towards the end, you're like, man, I've been listening to an hour ten minutes. Well, that that's the thing we figured out with time is you don't like one-liner comics. Like I, I think he's funny, and I also don't listen to his stand-up much because it's not great. But I. Some one-line comics are some of my favorite. Like, Dimitri Martin is a one-line comic. Not always, but usually. Um, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, one of the funniest comedians I've seen in person was a one-line comic. We saw him on a cruise, and it was just one-liner, one-liner, one-liner for his entire set. That's just something that right. I've noticed over time you're not super into. Correct. Because yeah. we've talked about it before, where I 
everyone loves Mitch Hedberg so much, and I think he's funny, but I don't think he's as funny as most people think he is. Yeah. See, that's a hard disagree, but I respect that because everyone's no, opinion you, on you comedy even, is... <laughs> there's nothing to disagree with there. That right. was me saying, hey, this is my opinion, and you went, <laughs> <Whatever>. no. <laughs> Unlike me, Josh, some of us state when things are opinions versus facts, and not like, I literally said, you guys think differently. But I think this, and you went, I disagree. No, no, no. I was about to say, I like, I don't know. It's what, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back to Jeff Ross just one more, to make one more point of like, we talk about like people like Jimmy Carr who, uh, they are funny. They push the envelope and they take risks in comedy, but they do it successfully. Um, Jeff Ross thinks that he takes risks in comedy, but he does not. The perfect example of that is a couple years ago when he said that he was going to go in and he was going to roast prisoners. Like he was going to go into like a county prison and he was going to go in with a microphone and just roast like inmates. It's like, you're not taking risks. You have security guards everywhere around you. You're up on a stage. You have an entire camera crew and you're not making jokes that are so like horribly offensive that you're, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get shanked. That's not going to happen. In his head, He's Johnny Cash at Folsom. Yeah, exactly. Like in his exactly. head, that's what's going on. Which that's a, yeah. that's an unwritten rule of comedy, the air quotes. But also, I'm I'm a firm believer that you can say anything in a stand up bit, and people shouldn't reprimand you as if it's an actual opinion. That's what stand up's for. But also, an unwritten rule of comedy is you don't punch down. Yeah, is you make jokes right. about people in your situation or better, you can punch up. But you'd be like, dude, homeless people suck. It's like. They're yeah. homeless. There's only so much they can do about that. Exactly. Don't punch down. Everybody yeah. feels bad for laughing. And, Are we gonna and like roasting inmates is severely <laughs> punching down. Yeah. So you're saying if a homeless person went to an open mic, they would be the funniest comedian because they have infinite material? I'm saying they have the most option for acceptable material. If if I think that's about I think everybody in this call is of the belief that you can say just about anything you want in stand up and people shouldn't take it as what you personally believe yeah. that's what stand up is for. Stop trying to cancel comedians. You know you know who I think should replace Jeff Ross? Anyone? Jeff Ramsey. Ross Lynch. Nah. Ross Lynch. <laughs> I would be on board with that. Jeff Ross is he consistently even... the least funny person at every single celebrity roast. Even the people oh, yeah. that are there and aren't comics. Like you can have like Tom Hanks there and he'll do better stand up and roasts we'll than see. Jeff Ross. In that... the Justin Bieber roast, Shaq and Martha Stewart were both there and they were both so they much funnier funny. than That's Jeff true. Ross. They were funnier. I will say this though, I I have watched most of the Comedy Central roasts within the last 10 years, and there are a couple people that are not comedians, but Jeff Ross is objectively funnier than them. Like, the um, which one? It was, it was either the roast of William Shatner. No, it was the roast of Donald Trump in 2009. There was a roast of Donald Trump, and um, one of the guys, The Situation from Jersey Shore was on there, and it was one of the worst quote comedic performances i've ever seen he was just like yelling and he basically pulled a rob gronkowski comedy bit of just like i like to party trump doesn't like to party but i like to party and then he was up there for a couple more minutes longer than he should have been and by the end of it he got legit booed like (laughs) people were booing him off the stage and he just he had like a meltdown but but so the, like the you fact get people that like we're that. trying to raise Jeff Ross's comedic batting average using the situation is the not situation. a good one for him. Yeah. Hey, well, my other get... <laughs> yeah, ahead, my other example 
was uh, the roast of Rob Lowe when they brought in Ann Coulter, but that does not help that my situation help at all. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys Come know what? Do you guys know what the situation's book is called? Because I didn't, but now I do. It's uh, called "Here's the Situation." <laughs> A guy de creeping on chicks, avoid <laughs> avoiding <What>? grenades. Avo- <laughs> yeah, a guy de creeping on chicks, gross. Avoiding grenades, huh? <laughs> and getting in your GTL on the Jersey Shore. Is he a vet? I couldn't tell. I you. can't think of another context where avoiding grenades would come up. Also, why what? would you label yourself as one who creeps on chicks? That's what does GTL so stand for? I think GTO is a car, isn't it? Okay. I think you're thinking of a GTO. No, that gives or off Mustang GT. That gives off the exact same vibes as uh, last summer when Caleb and I were in Florida and we were walking by these boats and we found a boat. And, you know, obviously you can name your boat or whatever you want. Uh, I'm looking for the photo. I can't find it, but I remember it. We, f- <laughs> we were walking by a boat. Oh and my na- God. I'm Wait, I'm so sorry. I'm wrong and I hate it. It stands for Jim Tan. And laundry. Okay. That's so That's much gross. worse than mm-hmm. anything I thought it would be. I mm-hmm. thought it had something to do with cars or working out, but gym yeah. tan laundry. Awesome. Um, like I said, in the same vein, we found Caleb and I were walking by and we found a boat that was if you're familiar with that episode of It's Always Sunny, it was called Persuade Her. <laughs> That's the worst thing you could possibly have as a name for your boat. Because any more explicit than, you know, it's like, you can't do that. Like, legally, you couldn't have profanity or whatever. Um, I could be totally wrong about that. That's probably not true. But, like, persuade her is the cleanest, worst thing that you could possibly yeah, say. Yeah, and I hate it. <laughs> As a boat. Uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt just for a second, then you can go back. Uh, Mike, the situation was sentenced to eight months in prison for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. He just got out, right? He got uh, out. Like, no, it was the past eight year. months, and it was in. Oh uh, my god! Oh, okay. So you know how it said avoiding grenades? Yeah, grenade is a slang term that he uses oh, to mean okay. a fat, ugly girl. Oh, so he's coining his so, own. That's that's the guy yes. who gives himself a nickname. He's like, guys, yes. I know my name's Caleb. You can just call, start calling me like cash man (laughs) (laughs) congrats i'm only calling you cash man from now on that's the one thing that that. (laughs) uh that's what the situation and jeff ross have in common they coin their own term and they use it exclusively oh man there's a grenade over there (laughs) i'm yelling that in a public place Oh my god! That's like a fire in a theater. Imagine going up to your buddies at at the bar, and they're like, "Yo, I saw you talking to that girl. How'd it go?" And you're like, "Man, she was a total grenade. I dodged that." (laughs) He's just talking about the club. Like, dude, I'm just walking around dodging nades. (laughs) But I'm imagining he like walks in, scans the room, and if he sees anyone that he classifies as that, he just goes. Grenade! <laughs> he, Look, he just walks in, holds thing. his hand out. Four, four grenades in the room. I counted. He see, he sees his buddy talking to a girl. He dives on top of her and goes, "Get down!" And his buddy's like, down, "What the hell down. are you doing? She's a grenade. I'm sacrificing myself for you." What okay. a weirdly not insulting thing to call. What did he classify grenades as? Uh, as a as... fat, ugly girl. All right, <laughs> that's rude. But a grenade the... is an inherently mean thing to say. So I exactly. guess it's better than going, we got a couple fat uggos in the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, like, 
you can kill someone like the bomb, and that means that they're cool. But so a grenade? Like, yeah. I was like, hey, I, I was watching you across the bar. I think you're really cute. Do you want to dance? And he just goes, no, you're a grenade. You're a grenade. <laughs> Shout out also to the situation for being offered $10,000 by Abercrombie and Fitch to not wear their clothes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, we don't want your crowd. I, I love right. that How many so women much. do you think he's called a grenade to their face? <laughs> like, well, no, no, look. So, oh, that's, many. That's, the, that's the thing I have in mind. All right. The year is 2011 in Atlantic in City, New Jersey. Okay. The year, it's Atlantic City, New Jersey in 2011. In the midst of camera crews and lighting rigs, the situation is <laughs> bopping around a club. He is filled to the brim with Grey Goose and Jakar Noir and the more leather than you've ever seen in your life. He is yeah. beefed up, tanned up, and real smelly. And he's and done he's, his laundry. And he's done his, but he's done his laundry. He's walking around the club. He walks up to what he would describe as a grenade, and he just makes direct eye contact with her from four feet away. Leans in, and no matter how many much teeth whitening you've done, <laughs> it can't mask the stench of gingivitis. And he goes. Grenade right into this woman's <laughs> face, and then he walks away. Oh That's he scuttles oh. away. Oh my gosh, dud! Oh man, dang! Um, yikes! We're already at an hour twenty-five. We yeah, might need to yeah, think of wrapping this up quickly when you're talking about the situation. Well, everybody, <laughs> hopefully this episode sounds real nice and crisp. Oh, I and hope so. And doesn't have any of the issues we had previously. We think we got it all figured out. Yeah, I think uh, so. If we haven't, feel free to... Yell if we us. haven't gotten it figured out, tweet at Jeff Ross. <laughs> and see if you can get him to roast our podcast. Yeah. Have him also, listen to I'm this. I'm so uh, happy if we were attacked by Jeff Ross. By Jeff Ross? That would be the I've easiest insult name. to roll off ever. Yeah. <laughs> I've just thought of a name for our followers. Okay. Uh, I'm scared. Expectant mothers? Nope. So. <laughs> I think we, what? Just, I think we take a group vote right now. One, two, three. No. <laughs> yeah, nope. he got a bunch of thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't for justify and not being called the expecting mothers. <laughs> what do you guys want to be called? Let us know. The worst Chestershire sauce. All right. That's a good one. All right, we need to wrap this up. Uh, thanks yeah, for we're fading fast. You Thank can find you so us much anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, we have an Instagram at expect the worst, all with underscores. Uh, you can see all of our personals on there. Podcasts everywhere, new one every Friday. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. That's about it. Thank you guys Bye. so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>